0: Amigos are we, brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo. Hello, welcome along to the Three Amigos FBL podcast. I'm the Marple Curse and I'm joined today by my amigo Mars, who you can find on Twitter at Mars05. Make sure you're following our group account at Three Amigos FBL. In this Getting to Know You mini series, we've introduced, interviewed man, FBL managers from all over the world as it's our mission to let our listeners get to know the people behind the FBL accounts we interact with each week. To do that, we've come up with 20 questions which will reveal exactly who they are. With the Amigos now, we have, of course, John, the FBL coach, who you should all know and love from his Twitter account. And um, John, you're very welcome to the Three Amigos show. Are you ready to bear your soul to the FBL community?
1: Cheers, guys. Yeah, I am. Yeah, um, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to doing this, actually.
0: Yeah, we were looking forward to getting you on for for a long time. So, um, so let's get cracking in the show. Um, I'll start off with the first question, and um, that one is: describe yourself in three words.
1: Uh, okay, um, I've, I've got shit at golf because <laughs> <laughs> because right now it's it's something that's uh, that I'm, I'm playing a lot of golf and I have been for for a number of years. and I'm still not very good at it, so uh that's just something that that came to the forefront of my mind straight away but but if you (laughs) if you if you want the pg version i suppose generally friendly guy is is what i like to think of myself as so
0: the uh, golf thing i know sometimes it can become very addictive to um, people when they are trying to improve it becomes all consuming they're like checking out their swing and their 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 clubs and they're getting all the coaching and everything like that but uh yeah, no, it's it's golf has never been something that majorly appealed to me, but uh, it's not it's not the worst thing to be shit at if you're gonna be shit at something, John.
2: No, so. yeah, same here. <laughs> uh, you're definitely better than me, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sometimes the boys talk about golf holiday. I'm like, yeah, I'll come, but I'm not playing <laughs> because especially if you if you go with people who take it really seriously, then it's just you like you really gonna piss them off if if you can't like even you know drive it or whatever it's called, you know. <laughs> Whatever it's <going> yeah. right <laughs> <of>. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, yeah, that. The dr- <laughs> yeah, that would piss me off. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> at least he didn't
0: say like you're going to put it in the hole, John. You know. You? Yeah, that's no, it. I,
1: yeah. I'm
2: I'm good at putting. That's not. But when I have a, a a target from a short area, I can, you know, I can hit that. It's just the the rest of it. Right, anyway, (laughs) Uh, nice to have you on, Coach. So tell us, um, where do you live and what do you currently work at?
1: Yeah, so, um, well, I live in Coventry, well, just outside, moved to a village just outside, but I've lived in Coventry all my life. Um, I I work at, uh, sorry, that's Coventry UK, obviously, um, for our international listeners, Uh, I work at a company called Seventh Trent Water, which um, supplies water to like the whole of the Midlands area in the UK. Um, And I work as a network controller. So it's my job to like keep people on water supply. Um, I work in the control centre there and basically coordinate operations and uh, just make sure that people's water stays on. And if it goes off, try and work out why and how to get it back on as soon as possible, really.
0: So you basically save people's
1: lives, John. Yeah, yeah, yes. It is effectively an emergency service, to be honest. Do you ever just switch it off for a laugh for like 10 seconds? No, no, but we do have, (laughs) we do, we do. do. (laughs) No, not not intentionally. Um, But no, we do have this thing for, uh, for new starters where we can tell them that you can operate the super valve. And it just turns everyone off and, and they're like, oh, be careful, don't operate the Superbowl, whatever you do. And uh, it's, it's probably at least a week before they find out, actually, that's, that doesn't exist. That's not the oh, thing. It, it'd be so perfect so to have so to a, have a fake
0: a fake big red button like Father Ted style. <laughs> do not push.
2: Now, I, I'm led to believe that you also do something else on the weekends. What's that? Singing. You, Is that you my singing? singing?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So so um yeah, so I was in a choir for about six years. Um I was gonna sp- speak about that a bit later on. But yeah, so um I did I I was in a workplace choir basically that that started through through um Gareth Malone, the the television choir guy basically and he came to our work and set up a workplace choir and we were on tv and there was a big competition for it which we won and then from then carried on in the choir for for about six years and then that disbanded at christmas just got a christmas last year so um yeah so that that was a big hobby of mine as well actually singing in singing in the choir in the bass section and, and that was great fun as well so yeah and that was all through work
0: so that's we'll put that down as your special skill, so John. For uh, yeah, that's later
1: that was going to be that was going to be yeah.
0: later on, yeah. yeah you'll have to, you'll, or maybe you'll have let the your brain and come up with some other uh, special skill for that question. But uh, the, ne- or the next. Or give us a rendition,
2: eh? yeah. Yeah, a rendition. <laughs> maybe maybe but sing the Three to Amigos,
0: and we, we, just, we can record it, Mars. We can record it to <laughs> the other Three Amigos. It's
1: the first thing, first thing obviously someone says to you as soon as you say, oh yeah, look. lot consider myself a decent singer and they're like go on then like, well no obviously not and especially because I'm in a choir you do it alongside everyone else so if you know not that i even do it anymore but, but singing your section sounds a bit silly when it hasn't got everyone else with you but,
0: <laughs> so. yeah no I'd love, to, I'd love to be able to sing but uh, unfortunately I sound like a strangled, a strangled cat
1: so um, there
2: can only be one quality singer on this pod Tom <laughs> um,
0: we, we don't even have a quality singer on the pod Mers.
2: Uh, tell do us, uh, yeah, yeah, we do tonight
0: exactly yeah. uh, john tell us uh how and when did you first get into fpl and um football in general
1: um so i've i've loved football since probably i was about 10 years old um i'd say the main interest came through playing computer games like football computer games so like fifa and uh, premium manager, ultimate soccer manager, which I know our friend the Chief, he was he was a fan of that one as well, obviously then into like championship manager and football manager and um, I remember um, whilst I was playing those sort of games, I, I bought this, It was it was basically a fantasy football guide and I bought this book and I used it to like learn about the players so that I could buy them in these football manager games but then like that's when I really got into football from like learning about all these players. And then uh, from then, like, um, you know, started, started supporting my local team, Coventry City, and then started going to watch them. Um, had a season ticket on and off since about ninety eight, ninety nine 99 season, like back in the Premier League days, Robbie Keane, Dion Dublin, Gary McAllister, Huckabee, Haji, you know, the really good times for, uh, City, So, yeah, so that's that's my love of football, really. And it's just growing ever since. It's, it's a big part of my life. Um, and then for, for, for F- FPL, started playing. It must have been around, now I'm not entirely sure the exact year, but I would say 2003, sort of 2004, if that sounds about right. Um, it was a game called Can You Kick It that was the game before like the Fantasy Premier League official game, so I started playing that first, and then it, it merged into the game that we play now, um, and then played it ever since. And then when I left university, like took it not more seriously, but I was I was more interested in actually playing it and enjoying it. And that's when you know got into the the whole Twitter sort of side of it and started my website up, and um, you know got a team of writers on board, and that was and that was fairly successful for a time um until really it, it was just becoming a bit too taxing on my time um didn't allow me to play as much golf as i wanted to so uh, so yeah unfortunately it was the academy that that had to uh had to fold but yeah i suppose like that's basically my journey through through fpl really um from football into fpl
2: yeah i remember I remember watching Haji and uh, as an Arab for us, like I think he was probably one of the most successful and f- definitely the first or one of the first uh, Arab players to come to the Premier League. So yeah. he he had a lot of interest, obviously, and he was a great player anyway. From Morocco had a great team at the time, yeah. but one of my With favorite, favorite as well. players,
1: sorry, Haji Haji and Chipo,
2: yes, yep. Yeah. But one of my favorite players was Is it Colin Hendry. Um,
1: yeah, Colin Hendry. Uh, yeah, Oh, uh, yeah.
2: The the big ginj I used to like, as a different. I just, I, I've always liked defenders, and he was one of my favorite. Just always, you know, he, he was, he was a great player. Um, so switching back to FPL, what was your highest ever finish?
1: So, um, uh, my highest ever finish is about nine k, which doesn't sound that great in comparison to some of the other guys that you've had on over over the time. Um, but to be honest, I only really looked at my overall rank in the last couple of years or so um since taking Twitter a bit more seriously, it was always, always for me about the mini league at work. So um, I didn't uh, as long as I was beating the guys at work back in the day, which was quite easy for, for me at times. Um, then, yeah, that was what was more in my mind than than my actual over, overall rank. But um, last season was pretty much a disaster. But this season I'm, I'm hoping to, to really push and get inside that top 10k yeah i
2: can see the difference in the tweets between you two from last season to this season it's quite (laughs) it's quite funny
0: (laughs) he likes us when we're miserable john Um, yeah yeah but uh tell us what is your best fbl memory is it when you've had those kind of the highest finishes or is there some other particular success or something that you really you you like thinking back on most in in fbl i
1: like i like thinking a lot of the big scores and you know where you hit the jackpot and things like that and and the one that sticks out to me is is scoring 112 points a couple of seasons ago in that famous game week eight um where uh Sunderland looked bedraggled and uh Pele and Tadic did the business and I had Tadic as captain and Pele and my team as well and and it, it you know it, it was just the week where everything all came together um at the start of the season and uh yeah it was it was that was a fond... I always just look back at that one and just think, Do you know what, I smashed that week. That was really cool. Um, and then also, I once took a, a gamble on triple captain Petr Cech in a double game week and scored 48 points from him. So that was always... Uh, that's always one... I was, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's it, it, it's a bit, bit more of a cavalier approach. But, you know, I could just see two clean sheets for Arsenal in the double game week. So I was like, you know what... So we go at that one, and uh, and it worked out. So,
2: (laughs) so uh, what what do you like most about the game, and what do you dislike the most?
1: Um, they're kind they're kind of the same sort of thing, really. I suppose because I like the simplicity. I like the the fact that anyone can play this game. Um, and in its most basic form, it's it's just so easy, especially in comparison to a lot of other fantasy football games and, and you know there's all sorts of different formats and stuff but this is actually quite simple with just you know the the set formations and and setting up your team and, and you can just leave it and, and let it play out for the whole season if you want and, and play it like that um but then also that can also be what's the most frustrating thing because it's it's impossible to master and it's such a simple game with such a simple setup and okay yeah we make it more complicated with price changes and you know and and monitoring team news and things like that and and you know trending and stats like we do but uh, at, in its bare essentials it's just guys scoring points you know individual players scoring points and just trying to put those individual players together and uh, and I don't think anyone's actually going to actually crack the code of how to win FPL and, how, and come up with a perfect formula for it so that's why i both love and hate it to be
2: honest yeah
0: that's a great answer um that's i i, I think i'm going to crack it this season john to be honest with you but um <laughs> it's i always do say that uh, i mean i'm so happy like that mars found the game of fpl because as you said it's simple and basic like so it um it suits him down to the ground you'd hate if he was going around trying to find something to do with himself that was more complicated and getting frustrated you know yourself yeah uh, yeah uh, it's yeah so
2: um,
0: funny but, you mentioned john there that um the you know the with the rules and them being fairly simple and stuff in um in fbl but if you were the boss at fbl for one day and you could actually change one rule or feature um what would you go for i'm interested to hear this one would you actually kind of make it more simplified or would you kind of make it a little bit more complex
1: so um i'm going to say two if that's all right and one's one's just kind of like an indulgent one because uh it's something that's a bit of a bugbear for myself. But the first one is I played the World Cup game in the summer. I don't know if you guys played that one as well, but I, quite, enjoy... yeah, I quite enjoyed playing that one. And there was, um, in there, there was there was best captain. So, you know, you, you didn't have to pick your captain for a certain game week of off, off the tournament. And the team would, it would automatically pick whoever your highest point scorer was for that week as your best captain. And uh, I think I used it in, in one of the, earlier rounds and you know came up trumps with I think it was Harry Kane when he scored against scored his hat-trick against Panama and um, I just quite like that one because it's, it's again it it allows it it's easier for the for the more casual players to just hit their best captain and be able to compete with some of the people that are you know putting a bit more time into it etc and and I'll just quite like that one. It's just a bit. bit That'd a bit be lovely and while. relaxing,
0: wouldn't it? It wouldn't. It'd be yeah. like no like worries. Just you set up your team and just let it go for the weekend and go. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's it. And I, I know, obviously, we'd all we'd all still hate it in the double game week, wouldn't we? But it, it's just it's just something a bit different. I thought. Um. So yeah, it'd be that one. But then the other one, which is the 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 uh, the bugbear of mine, is is. Some people won't even know about it, but uh, when it comes to BPS, yeah, I'm that guy. Um, there's if, if a player comes on for one minute, he gets the same amount of BPS points as a player who comes on for one to 30 minutes. So a player can come on for one minute, basically, score a goal and score the same BPS appearance points as Uh, just for that one minute and then because he scored a goal as well probably take away maximum bonus points for the whole game and he's literally just come in scored a goal and and that could even be a consolation goal I've seen it with consolation goals in the past and and I just think that the minutes played should be adjusted and that's for people who know about the BPS system if you don't know about a BPS system take the first answer
0: (laughs) (laughs) if you don't know about the BPS
2: system um, you're a lucky man (laughs) or a woman so coach you described yourself uh, in three words Uh, now we want to know how you describe yourself as an FPL manager in three words
1: so um, I've thought quite long and hard about this one to be honest Um, this was probably the question that I've spent the most time on out of all the ones that you asked me Um, and the answer I came up with is a recovering risk addict. And I think this season I've, I've definitely, I'm definitely taking a different approach. I'm taking a more logical repro- approach. I'm taking a more methodical approach as well. Um, I'm, I'm really thinking about what transfers I'm going to make. I'm really valuing all of my points, point hits that I'm that I'm taking. Um, I'm not making any rash decisions and I'm, I'm just trying to play it, play a very sensible game And do you know what? I need to give a shout out to someone here, someone here, because um, I saw some videos by um, FPL Tim on Twitter during the summer. And I don't know if if, for anyone who doesn't know him, he's he's got a fantastic record in FPL. And um, you know, I've I've bounced quite a few ideas back and forth with 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 Tim, and he's given me a bit of a different different perspective to playing the game, and he's made me realise that actually my my approach in the past, you know, of, of captaining goalkeepers and, and pulling out, you know, you, you classic Martin Petrovs that, you know, will score 30 points one week and then won't even play the following week back in the day. You know, that it's not the way it's not the way to get by in FPL. It's not the way to be successful. And from his approach, I've, I've really adapted to the way that I play. And um so yeah that's that's what i would say i'm I'm not taking risks anymore i'm being a lot a lot more sensible with my approach so i am a recovering risk addict
0: great answer it's, it's funny how often that comes up as we were speaking to chief before about it and it's almost like with a tinge of sadness it was like on i realise that i just need to be a lot more um what is the word for it not not boring but it's you know a lot conservative. more conservative um, conservative yeah and well well I'm the, here all the time don't
2: anytime just ask me <laughs> yeah
0: but the uh, but the the risk the risky moves they'll pay off for a couple of game weeks but over the course of the season it's the manager who just kind of keeps cool and doesn't make rash decisions they generally win out in FBL because it is it is a long slog and it's like a and as Mars is always saying it's a marathon not a sprint I can't say it in as nice a way as Mars with his lovely dulcet tones, but. But, that's basically the gist, so. um, but uh, I, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're recovering. Anyway, um, someday, yeah, thank John, thank you. I'll,
1: I'll join you on that recovery slate. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, so like, like last season, I you know I captain captain Richarlison about six weeks into the season. Okay, yeah, he started off well, but you know what? What was I thinking there? He played for Watford. Like didn't he didn't like didn't he play up for an you know. I'm not making any decisions like that this season. The the closest one that I've done so far, probably my biggest regret this season was getting Harry Kane when I did, Um, you know, for that, for that game against Cardiff and Huddersfield. Luckily I had him for the Huddersfield game, so he'd already scored me two goals, but then I I captained him in in the Cardiff game, you know, and and everyone else who didn't have Kane went for Hazard. And it, it was, it was a rash action for me to try and get Kane in. And, it was to the detriment of the rest of my team for for a few weeks after as well and that was a learning point for me and that and and I'm definitely learning from my mistakes that I'm making this season and and being more more logical about it
0: yeah I hope that will turn out to be um, me and yours uh, biggest mistake of the season is Harry Kane he was uh, I got him in and unfortunately I had him actually just for two weeks and they were both his bad game weeks so um, I didn't even have that two goal game either and um and the thing is people have to remember of course with with these ones when you do bring in a big player like that and they do nothing is you do have to even consider the transfer that you have to get them back out of the team as well. So it's like uh it's like a double whammy that holds on, that stays affecting you for even when they're gone. Um but uh yeah, it's uh the th- these these are the things we live and live and die by in FBL um tell us what is your um your target each season in fbl and uh, do you have a mini league that's a uh, cash or otherwise that you look to first each game week
1: yeah so um I, well previously i've never set any targets in the past and it was something that i looked into a bit at the start of the season um of, of what previous winners have kind of kind of got towards when and and I, I picked a i picked a Point score of two and a half thousand points it was really ambitious it was you know was an average of 65.7 points per game week um and which is quite a high average but actually when you offset it with the with your chips as well as you go across the season um it's 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 not all that much and what what i've actually done is broken it down into um how many points per player per week and i've i've made it into, um, 12 I effectively have 12 players per week because my captain scores doubled so it actually only works out that you need 5.3 points per player per game per game week and when you do it like that it actually doesn't sound like all that much and that's what's trying to that's how I'm keeping quite a level head while I'm playing the game this season um And I'm I'm managing all this for the first time ever as well. I'm doing it all in a spreadsheet and just keeping keeping an eye on my scores and and trying to trying to identify where I'm falling down. Um, And yeah, it's working so far. So my targets at the start of the season were 65.7, as I said, and I'm at 63.8. But you know, this is still massively ahead of the curve of, of wherever I've been in previous seasons. But I think at the same time though, this this the Points being scored this season are record breaking. They're, they're huge in general um, for FPL. The, the guys at the top are on massive, massive scores. Um, could be on for like 3,000 points, some of them at the end of the season.
2: Um, yeah, I completely agree with that. Sometimes You know, like you score 70 points in some weeks, like in last few seasons, you think that's an amazing week. In this season, when I scored 70, you've got people scoring 90 and 100. I'm like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, and I had 60. 60 points a couple of weeks ago and I had a red arrow. What's that about? <laughs> yeah,
2: no, this season I think there's a lot of high scorers that are template players as well and cheap
1: players, which is allowing people to get high scores. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, so, you know, it's still a good target to work towards. I'm slightly below it at the moment, but it's it's keeping my head in the game and actually makes me realise that I'm not a million miles away from where I should be and one right decision is going to put it right but one really bad decision, you know, and where, where I haven't considered it is probably going to be to my detriment. So don't make those decisions, basically. Um, so
2: when you come to do those decisions, what is the thing that you must do before each deadline?
1: Um, uh, I suppose it, um, it varies week by week, really. Um, it depends what decisions I need to make, um, but um, I'd say, uh, I mean, I listen to various podcasts. I've, I've got a podcast app and I listen to most of them at 1.7 times speed, so I can just absolutely cruise through all the all the podcasts. Um, obviously, I'm all, all over Twitter and I I'm, I'm find that a lot on Twitter. Press conference news is very important to me. Um, Stats, XG as well Has become quite a big thing for me this season That was another thing that I picked up from Tim Um, He he showed me How he uses uh, XG And I found that really beneficial And I've I've really bought into that actually Um, And anyone Who doesn't believe in XG, just look at Callum Wilson, he's he's absolutely flying This season, and his XG is matching it So for me I'm I'm on board with XG I know we've, we've got a few doubters um, and I, I suppose finally we, ha- we have to give a shout out to Mr. Dinnery as well, don't we? Because he's, he's an absolute legend in these parts for, for all all the work that he does to uh, give us all the valuable news of who's playing and who's not. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, it varies week by week. It depends what my focus is. It's sometimes I just know what transfer I'm going to make. And, and if I can hold off till Thursday, Friday, then that's that's what I'll do I'll I'll, I'll wait until I've got as much information as possible but nine times out of ten I've I've already got a transfer in mind and it's just a case of making sure that player is still going to be available by the following weekend really
0: yeah so you hold on you have it kind of targeted but then you try to hold off that was going to be our next question was uh, when when is it that you choose your captain and and line up your transfers and i guess uh i guess as you're saying there with the with a new and more formulated way that you're uh, you're you're playing this season is you consider it, think about it, but you do try to hold off till closer to the deadline
1: yeah, that's it exactly um i'm I'm just trying to do that as much as possible um i think if if I have got budget constraints, then obviously I am checking price rises every night but you know, the, the majority of the time I've I've tried to avoid doing that and not let let price rises and, and falls guide me mm. um and just be able to uh you know try and stay as as focused as I can really on points as opposed to the detriment of my team by, by making rash decisions which I then may regret or force me into making th- changes later down the week if, if I need to take someone out who's got injured in a midweek game for example
2: and uh, do you have any no-go players or teams obviously Coventry are not in the Premier League hopefully they'll be back soon but do you have any players that you won't go for um, for example like you know Juric Charleston from last season was my Dini captained him never again he's not even going to come into my team I don't care even if there's no strikers I'll go just to who was that? Sorry.
1: Dini. Oh, F- right. Oh, F- Dini. F- F- boy, Troy Trang. Dini. Oh. oh, dear. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Um, played for the same team, I suppose, didn't they? <laughs> so I can't really, can't really have a go at you for that one. Um, no, not not a search. I mean, I would say, as a rule, I I'd veer away from any defensive midfielders like we all do. We know that they don't really hold any value. Um, although, I suppose one name that does spring to mind is Benteke. Uh, he scored me a huge 21 points from a run of 11 games last season, um, including a penalty. Why did you miss. keep
2: him for 11 games?
1: Just the way the stars fell. Like honestly, the the fixture list for Palace in that run was all green for the whole length, and it just each week I just was like, well, it's, it's going to come, it's going to come. This is he's going to start scoring goals. It's Benteke. Look, it's. Look at his history, look at his record. And uh, it just didn't, unfortunately. And to be honest, it was part of the reason that I just absolutely disappeared last season is because I held on to Benteke for so long. Um, So I would say that he is probably on the banned list for some time. Um, But yeah, no, like I say, yeah, I am a Cov City supporter. Don't really hold any grudges when it comes to uh, FPL. Watching Leicester City rise through the ranks um i won't go into my actual emotions towards leicester city um because it's 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 um, it's, it's, it's bitterness towards leicester city when they didn't get uh, penalized for uh, administration in the same way that coventry city did back in the championship um and then the other one is is villa but that's that's more from a deep-seated uh hatred from back in the mid nineties, you know that that no one really cares about anymore, and and so I don't really care all that much about it either. So, but either way, even if the, if when either of those teams are, are in FPL, it's not going to stop me picking their players because you've got to pick the best players in the game, basically that you think are the best players to have. So,
0: nice one, John. And uh, tell us, this is a uh, this is my favorite question: is uh, what do you like best about being a part of the FPL community?
1: Um. I mean hopefully in this podcast coming across that I, I like a laugh you know You know, and I back in the day I suppose I, I, my account started off as being um almost um lack of personality it was it was a bit almost corporate in, in search I was trying to build my own brand um and and grow the FPL Academy website but you know over time I've I've build that down and, and I've tried to bring myself into it and, and I've become a bit more me over that social media platform. So um I I'd say yeah, like just having a laugh with people and and, and a joke and there's a lot of personal things that people share on there as well. And I think that's that's really nice that, that there's people that that rally together. You know, we've got some we've got some people in the community that have gone through some trouble troubling things and it's really nice to see that that people rally together and offer support to one another and and, you know that i find that really heartwarming when when you see things like that um and and just in general it's just great like chatting to folks from all over the world and and then you know the you chat to the next person and you find out that he lives you know 10 minutes away from where you do and and hopefully one day you'll get together and go for a beer and it's it's just all that put together is just great for me absolutely it's just the people
2: interesting you talk about going together for a beer are you planning something soon
1: uh yeah i suppose we could we could is now now's as good a time yeah. as, as ever uh so yeah so we've got the the first ever uh fpl midlands meetup so we're doing a meetup for anyone who uh so so basically the guys in london there's been a few, there's been a couple of these meetups in in london now um and this one's more for people who who can't make it down to the big smoke. And so we're doing one in Birmingham and it's on uh, December the 8th and we're meeting at Shooter's Bar in Birmingham and they've got huge, big big screens and we're going to have a nice reserved area with comfy seating. And uh, on the day we've got like, so we're going to meet, we're looking to meet about two half two and we've got Soccer Saturday, obviously uh, in the afternoon. And then on we've got uh, Chelsea Man City at half past five And then after that, Leicester Tottenham. So we've got loads of football. We could all get together, have a good laugh, hopefully have a few beers for those that that, that are drinking and, you know, watch some football, maybe get some games on the go, you know, highest point scorers and stuff like that. And uh, shooters are hosting the whole thing and they seem really keen to have us all there. So if anyone's in the the Midlands area or further north and you can't make it to London and and you're free on December the 8th, then we'd love to, to have you guys come along. So, um, it's myself and uh at fpl jj who, who are doing the organizing for this one so um just just message either of us on twitter and we can direct you um just just a little caveat that that shooters have asked for a bit of a deposit from people but you'll get that back in the form of a bar voucher i don't know if that's putting people off but um but you you get your money back anyway but it's just to secure the number of people on the day um so yeah you know we just we just want just want to meet as many people who play the game like all you know friends that we've met on twitter to to just come and come along have a good laugh and 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 meet one of their face to face and and watch some football and laugh at each other when uh when we do badly at fpl that night
2: awesome sounds deadly
1: so yeah yeah
2: it does does sound really good no and uh yeah if uh yeah people should try their best to to make it if they can for sure, I'm, I'm hoping to make the London one this year. But if I am down uh, or up that way, for sure, um, I'll, I'll let you guys know. Right, so um, back to the questions now. If you could pick one player, past or present, for your FPL team, who would that be?
1: Oh, yeah, so, um, I mean, obviously I've been playing for quite a long time. I've seen some really big players come through. Uh ones that spring to mind were obviously Henri, Ronaldo, Ronaldo was just ridiculous in FPL. He just scored so many points, like he just left the captain on him. Same with Henri. And Salah last season, you know, once we realised his his point scoring was ridiculous. But for me, the one the one that I absolutely loved having in my team was Van Persie when, you know, back in his prime when it was proper Arsenal days and then on to Man United first one or two seasons um funny story actually was um uh, my wife who I refer to as Mrs Coach uh she she once thought that Robin Van Persie played for Cov because she'd heard me shout his name that many times around the house when I when he'd scored in FPL when I had him as captain I used to like run around the house getting all excited Van Persie like years down the line she was like well I thought Van Persie played for Cov no no that was just uh all FPL related but um yeah, that always, that always made me laugh. Say. Yeah, RVP in his prime for me. I
2: sometimes turn to, to my missus and say, Aguero, Salah, captain. She goes, I don't know if you're swearing
1: at me or not, but I don't really care. That is how much response. she
2: cares about football. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I get the same response. But to be honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust her with a decision like that. So, um, no, it's, no chance. Uh, no,
2: you trust her more
0: than you trust the flick of a coin, I guess. <laughs> yeah tell us uh, john what's your um your favorite meal or favorite drink i like to phrase this one as basically if it was your last meal and you were you were able to order it and whatever you wanted whatever you wanted to drink what would you go for
1: uh do you know what i for me i i just can't be a good decent homemade lasagna with you know with red wine in it mushrooms all sorts going on that's that to me is really crispy cheesy top on on it i I'm happy as Larry with that. Bit of garlic bread on the side as well. I'm I'm a very happy man with that. Um, it doesn't necessarily go with with the lasagna, I don't think. But without a doubt, my favourite drink is a milkshake, um, a chocolate or a strawberry milkshake. I know should probably say something alcoholic because that's what most people have done. But you know, no,
0: you don't. No. alcohol isn't cool, John.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, you know, I, I mean, I drink, but. I don't really like the taste of it in co- in comparison to a milkshake. Give me a milkshake any day if you can make that alcoholic oh, yeah. and not taste like alcohol. Pe- then,
2: peanut uh, butter and salted caramel milkshake.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So there is, there is <laughs> alcoholic milkshakes that's like um, rum or uh, different... Yeah, that's it.
1: Of- yeah, yeah. I have them, but then they still just... They have that alcoholic taste to them, don't they? So you yeah, just, yeah. You just I, lose I, that milkshake taste to them. Yeah, no, I've never <laughs> been a major
0: milkshake fan, but... Uh, but I do like the taste of nice craft beer, or something like that, or a nice pint of Guinness. But, uh, but I have to say, the, yeah, the alcohol content wouldn't be something that I'd be bearing in mind when I'm talking about my favourite drink. So, uh, so we know what to get you, Jean when we meet up. Okay. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Have you ever tried Five Guys milkshake? I have. Yeah, yeah, that is
1: good. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Five um, guys are my favorite.
2: I'm not familiar
0: Uh. with them, but that sounds a bit dodgy to me.
2: (laughs) You're not familiar with five guys
1: (laughs) No, they're not over here. Uh, I love five guys inside me. Right (laughs) We're talking burgers, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, I don't know
2: actually anymore. <laughs> Maybe it's not singing that you do at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Right. So um right, your house is on fire and you could only save one non-living item and your phone is in your pocket, so don't worry about your phone. What what, what would it be?
1: Um my first thoughts were my watches i've got a like a collection of nice watches which i really like and then my golf clubs as well because i couldn't not go without playing golf but i reckon i could claim them both on the insurance so they're not that they're not <laughs> that uh, precious to me to be honest so no what i have got is is i've got this effectively like a, a scrapbook photo book that's got all my gig and event tickets From probably about 2000 to about 2010 so any gigs and and events that I went to between those years I've got I've got them all like in like physically in in a book and they're all they're all together in one place and um, you know I open it up and look through it occasionally and I've got like I went to Glastonbury 10 10 years and, and went to World Cup in 2006 England versus Paraguay and loads of festivals, and and you know, at the end of the day, it's things like that. That's that's irreplaceable to me. You know, I'll never, I can never get those ticket stubs. So, yeah, it's it's, it's more a sentimental thing that I would I would grab that. I think.
0: Nice, nice, excellent stuff. And where uh, you were you were mentioning earlier on about, of course, your specialist skill being uh being singing, but uh, is there any other less impressive, shall we say, um, special skill that you have?
1: Um. I can whistle like a kettle. (laughs)
0: That's good, yeah. Do you whistle? Do you have a gap in your teeth that you can whistle through?
1: (laughs) No, I don't have a gap, but it it makes it sound like I have. Do you want to hear it? It's it's a bit loud though. (laughs) Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I can't do it now. (laughs) Oh, you got it. (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said that to my, <laughs> I said that to my kids pressure. the
0: last day. I said there was a kettle. There was one of these vintage-looking, you know, it was a modern kettle, but it was designed to whistle. And mm. uh, I said it to the kids, and they said, "But why? W- why would you want that?" And uh, it's just, it, you know, it's kind of remind, it's kind of homely, it's kind of traditional sounding. Yeah,
2: no, I completely. And they agree. couldn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> um, John, you mentioned uh, gigging music, and you sing. So what's what's your favorite type of music? Is it Celine Dion or Britney Spears? Uh,
1: yeah, they're top of the list, obviously. <laughs> uh, but no, I, it's obviously it's so cliche, but honestly, it's, it's anything and everything. Um, I, I'd say I'm probably I'm I'm 34 now, and I'm, I'm probably getting on a little bit for any new music. Um, but you know, anything that's that's probably five years ago and and less, I've, I've I was probably into it. um I mean, just this this morning, I had Kanye West on as I was on my way to work, and then Stone Roses on the way home. So it's it's a total mixed bag for me. I listen to most music, um and like I said before, I used to spend all my money going to gigs, and and music was a huge part of me growing up in in my adolescence. um So yeah, no, it's it's, it, it's all genres really. I'm I'm totally open to listening to all sorts and and not averse to a bit of classical every now and then as well yeah. mm. I, really yeah, when,
0: wanted, when, I, I really wanted you to come in with uh, after singing in a choir uh, for so long to um to come in with saying that you're in really really into
1: gangster rap and <laughs> I love it, I could drop some bars I could drop some bars, I'm not going to it. <laughs> and
0: uh, fi- final question John, is uh, tell us one guilty pleasure and one bad habit
1: that you have so uh, I think you've already brought it up on a different podcast before, but um, I've, I think I've mentioned to you guys before. But yeah, I've, I've, there's it a few TV shows for me. Uh, Bake Off is definitely one. I love the Bake Off. I, I can't even say why. They uh, had to uh, the
0: postpone. Pre- I, I mentioned that in a previous podcast. recently was uh, you had we had to postpone a podcast for a night because the Bake Off clashed the
1: final of the Bake Off. Exactly, exactly. That was important. I couldn't miss that, so we had to we had to go a bit later, didn't we? One one time, even more because, important because than it, the podcast, the John. Final. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, but you know, you never know. You 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 come off you come off the call, and then ten minutes later, you find out by going on Twitter who's won the Bake Off final. So no, you can't take those risks. Um, and then the thing, Apprentice as well. I'm a big a big Apprentice fan, which is a bit of a guilty pr- pleasure. But the worst one, without a doubt. Which, I'll used, which I watched for years and years, me um, and the wife both indulged it for so long, was Geordie Shore. And it's terrible, terrible TV, but we just used to love watching them getting absolutely smashed and then fighting each other. And yeah, that was for a long time we, we watched Geordie Shore. And that's oh, that's, that's just so that's bad, just isn't terrible. it? That's Even terrible. Even I don't so watch Geordie Shore. And I'm like yeah, the king so of so bad. trash TV. I mean, I, you know, I, there's loads of the ones I won't touch. I, any of these ones where it's competitions I'm not really into these you know jungles and, and those big brothers and those sort of things but Geordie Shore there was nothing behind it it was literally throw a load of idiots into a house and watch them get drunk and batter each other and that just appealed to me to be honest <laughs> we
0: used to watch um, myself and my wife uh, when we were uh, back in the day used to go home from college at lunchtime sit in front of the TV and we'd watch I don't know was it, it, was the, it was another version of the young and the restless you know it was one of those and uh, we must have watched that for about a year. And then we just looked at each other once and went, what are we actually doing here?
1: <laughs> Do you know what? I've got a similar story, actually. We, when, uh, when me and my wife were in sixth form, because we've been together that long as well. And um, we, we literally used to be, be at home in the middle of the day. And Big Brother hadn't been on all that long. Had been on a few years or whatever. And you'd just have it on, on the TV while she sat at home. And they'd, be, um, they'd just like be unpacking their shopping. And there'd be bird noises in the background because you couldn't say they they wouldn't be allowed to have the dialogue on on telly. And you're just sitting there, like, what have we got on TV? Yeah, we're watching someone and packing shopping and there's bird noises in the background. It's just, yeah, it's things like that where you're like, what, what are we doing with our, with our lives? We need to we need to change up our habits and, and do something different, I think
0: yeah no I think I think there was there was one dishy looking fella on the show the main guy and I think my wife just had her just she liked looking at him while she was having her ham sandwich Cool. <laughs> she's telling me the lovely Cole. <laughs> is that a euphemism? no that was, that was his name <laughs> uh, John it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much for coming on the Three Amigos Getting to Know You show
1: cheers guys I've enjoyed that thanks very much for having me on each
0: other and all for one, the free, brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo <laughs> wherever.